Is your child asking questions on their homework that you don't feel equipped to answer? Is your child just struggling with a specific subject or need help with their homework? If you're dealing with any of these issues, you could maybe benefit from IXL. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. And it's so cost effective. A single hour of tutoring costs more than a month of IXL. I could have totally used IXL when I was in grade school. I was always having trouble with my homework. Ugh, I wish I had this when I was a kid. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How To Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. IXL.com slash fine. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to How to Be Fine. I am Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. In each episode of How to Be Fine, we weigh in on what's happening in the world of happiness, health, and betterment, and we offer a bit of advice for those who want it. Now, full disclosure, we are not psychologists or psychiatrists or medical professionals of any kind, but we are experienced self-help critics. We have lived by the rules of almost 100 self-help books for our other podcast, By the Book. So we have tried on almost every kind of wellness trend and advice there is out there. And besides, we're not here promising to make all of you the best, richest, most productive, happiest versions of yourselves. If all goes well, we'll just help you feel a little closer to fine. Okie doke, Kristen. We have a couple of great advice letters to get to later on in the show. But first, as we always do, we are kicking things off with our hot topic. Kristen, can you tell us what that is? Today's hot topic is hydration. Hydration as in drinking water? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Kristen, I'm pretty sure like we've all heard of this hot topic and like I have got this mastered. I have my giant like two liter water bottle right here. There it is. So big. There's the ice jangling in it. It's <laughs> as big as my head. 
It even has like fun notations on the side that let me know how many ounces I've been drinking and sort of gamifies it by giving me like words of encouragement. You know, it's like, have some more, keep drinking, halfway, bravo. (laughs) That's my favorite one, the one that says bravo. Does it really say that? Yeah, it says halfway, bravo, three exclamation points. Oh my gosh, Jolenta, you are doing great. Your water bottle sounds like it is proud of you. I'm proud of you. But it turns out that what you are doing may not be right for everyone. In fact, a lot of what we've been told about hydration is not universal. I'm going to go through a list of some of those things and why they may not actually be helpful. In fact, they may be harmful. But before I do that, a reminder, we are not here to give individual medical advice. We are not doctors. You have doctors. Only your doctor is the person who should be telling you what to do here. Right. And second reminder, we do always list our sources in the show notes. So if you want to read more about anything Kristen talks about, look at those show notes down there. Yes, indeed. Now let's get into the first bit of advice about hydration that a lot of us hear every day that most of us are not drinking enough water. According to a number of bloggers, TikTokers, nutrition influencers, and the lay press, 75% of American adults are chronically dehydrated. Right. Yeah. I have seen that number a lot over the years. I think we all have. Yeah. It's like something I feel like we grew up with almost. Exactly. But according to the National Institute of Health, this statistic is not supported by medical literature and healthy adults with access to water rarely become dehydrated. That's not to say that zero Americans have ever been dehydrated. Of course, some have. And in fact, dehydration has been reported to occur in 17% to 28% of older adults due to immobility, diabetes, renal disease, falls, and most importantly, an impaired thirst mechanism where their body doesn't necessarily tell them if they're thirsty. All of that being said, dehydration may still be overdiagnosed in elderly people, which can lead to misdiagnosis of the real cause of the patient's illness and then lead to overtreatment with fluids. So you're saying that three quarters of us are not, in fact, like dying of thirst constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Correct. We are not dying of thirst. I like that. Yes. It's great to know, right? It means four people on this team, Nora, Chantel, you, me, Three of us are not dying of thirst. (laughs) No. And the second message a lot of us grew up with that I want to address now is the message that we should all be drinking at least eight glasses of water a day. You've heard this, Jolenta, right? Oh, yeah. That I have heard forever. It feels like that that message came down from like Mount Olympus, that it has just (laughs) always been eight glasses, must drink it. Yes, yes. Do you want to know where that number came from? It did not come from Olympus. Yes, I would love to know where it actually came from. (laughs) So it turns out that the notion of eight glasses a day originates from a 1945 U.S. Food and Nutrition Board recommendation that suggested 2.5 liters of daily water intake. But, but Dr. Christopher Labos, 
of McGill University, a.k.a. the Harvard of Canada, as we've all been told. Obviously. (laughs) Yes. Dr. Labo says what's generally forgotten from this recommendation is, first, that it was not based on any real research. There was no research before coming up with that number. And second, that the recommendation stated that most of the water intake didn't even need to come from water itself, but it could come from food sources. Oh, so eating like fruits and vegetables and other foods can actually bring that number of glasses down. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we should also note that eight glasses doesn't take into account different body sizes. People who weigh more may be advised by their doctors to drink more than eight glasses of water per day. People who weigh less may be advised to drink less. Same goes for people who live in extremely hot climates versus moderate climates and people who are very, very active versus those who are very sedentary. Huh. It's almost like it's not one size fits all when it comes to water. Surprise! Humans are not a monolith. hey <laughs> Now, the third message I want to address is this old adage that we all need to drink more water to flush out toxins. Jolenta, I know Yay! you love this one, right? I love a toxin. No, I hate toxins. <laughs> toxins are actually bad, and some of them are very, very real and toxic. But yes. it is becoming one of my favorite wellness words because... Toxin can mean anything from microplastics to vaccines. Yes, yes. And if you have not, by the way, listened to our crunchy to anti-vax episode of this show, please check it out. Jolenta goes deep into what a lot of those so-called toxins are. So check that one out. But back to hydration. In some cases, some people are indeed told by their doctors to consume more water for the sake of their kidneys. And if that's you, please do what your doctor says. We're not telling you to go against your doctor's wishes. I'm one of those people. That's why I have my bottle. Yes. Because yes. My, my kidneys are having a little trouble because of lupus and the lupus medicine I take. My doctor has said, make sure you drink extra water to keep those kidneys healthy. Yes, yes. Doctor's orders. But for the rest of us who are not receiving those orders from our doctors, our kidneys are usually doing just fine on their own. According to Dr. Labos, again, from McGill University, our kidneys filter about 180 liters of blood every day. Given that we have about five liters of blood inside us at any given moment, that means our kidneys filter the equivalent of our blood volume 36 times per day. In his words, quote, any excess water we drink is a drop in the metaphorical bucket and shouldn't make a difference. And a recent study in the Journal of the American Medical Association came to the same conclusion. In their study, researchers randomized 631 patients with kidney disease into a hydration group that was encouraged to drink more water and a control group that was told to maintain their current habits. In the end, drinking more water did not offer up any benefits in terms of kidney function in this study. Wow, that is some news to me. Um, Very interesting. What's your fourth message you're debunking? I want to keep them coming. Keep them coming like glasses <laughs> of water. <laughs> well, my fourth and final message about hydration I want to debunk is this one. You've heard it. I've heard it. We've all heard it. You can never drink too much water. Of course, especially because like three quarters of us are dehydrated. Uh, Chronically oh, dehydrated. Wait, that isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
to a certain extent, it is true that we can't drink too much water. To a certain extent, our bodies will usually get rid of excess water through urine, a.k.a. peeing, going to the bathroom. (laughs) But according to Dr. Jim Ryan, usually is not the same as always. Dr. Ryan is a nephrologist with a clinical focus on fluid and electrolyte disorders, acute kidney injury, and polycystic kidney disease at the University of Virginia. He is a big deal. And in his words, Water intake can sometimes be so great that it overwhelms the kidney's ability to excrete it, and that leads to dilution of blood sodium level due to shifts in water between the blood and cells that occur when sodium levels fall. Cells can actually swell, and this is especially worrisome in the brain where the skull limits the capacity for the swelling and leads to rises in pressure in the brain. This eventually leads to a range of symptoms that can be mild, like headaches and nausea, or more severe, such as seizures or death. And he is careful to note that many people die every year from too much water consumption. Wow, that is news to me, but also makes sense. That's wild. So you can literally die from too much water. How did we get here thinking that like we're all so dehydrated and need all the water we can get our little mouths on? (laughs) So some of the messaging comes from lifestyle influencers, as I mentioned earlier. On TikTok, the hashtag WaterTalk currently has over 200 million views. And bloggers have been pushing us to drink more water for as long as blogs have existed. But most of the water messaging predates social media by decades. So I don't want to just be like Mm. wagging my finger at the internet. It's not just Instagram's (laughs) fault. It's the internet's fault. No, no, no. According to Dr. Jim Ryan of UVA, a lot of it started in the 1990s with beverage sellers. Beginning then, companies selling sports drinks and bottled water popularized the claim that we should drink before exercise and stay ahead of dehydration rather than relying on our body's own thirst mechanisms to tell us when we actually need water. Huh, go figure. Uh, Beverage sellers want us to buy beverages. (laughs) Who'd have thought? (laughs) Shocking. Yes. Also, I have my own theory, personally speaking. I am not a scientist here. This is me as a self-help critic presenting this theory to you, Jalenta. Understood. I think the diet industry is partially to blame here. For years, for as long as you and I have been alive, for as long as our moms were alive or have been alive, Jalenta, the diet industry has pushed water as a way to suppress appetite, boost metabolism, and trick us into feeling full. In my own diet-obsessed household growing up, my mother was frequently replacing meals with beverages or, God forbid, cabbage soup. Do you remember that, Jalenta, the cabbage soup Oh, my gosh, cabbage soup diet. Oh, yes. And we were always given the message in my house to drink water rather than snack. Are you really hungry or just thirsty? Have a big glass of water before you sit down for your meal. Yeah. That messaging still exists. This isn't just something from your past or my past, Jalenta. Just this morning, I googled the words drink water to lose weight and got over 426 million search results. So that message hasn't gone anywhere. No. And while a lot of those articles that came up are about maintaining so-called healthy weight, I'm using that term in finger quotes there, finger quotes, a fair share of those articles are also about disordered eating. And yeah, that's No surprise, according Mm -hmm. to the Toledo Center for Eating Disorders, 
Drinking large quantities of water is one of the most prevalent signs of an eating disorder. That's because people with eating disorders will often use water to fill their stomachs, curb their hunger, replace meals, as I mentioned. And individuals with bulimia in particular will consume large amounts of water to make purging easier and to rehydrate after purging. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I've encountered that a lot in my lifetime. The like, drink water instead of a meal. Drink like three cups of water before lunch and see how full that gets you first. Yeah, it's all about suppressing eating, which is not good. So Kristen, knowing all of this about hydration, are you going to cut back on how much water you drink? (laughs) Because you do drink more water than probably anyone I know, like including myself. You drink a lot of water, like a gallon a day. It's probably close to a gallon. Yes, that's that's not an exaggeration. It almost was a joke when we still worked in the office, Jolene, to remember how often I'd be like, be right back, gotta pee. Gotta, gotta pee refill or my gotta cup. refill my cup. Yeah. <laughs> it was and I'm like, is it going in or going out? What is yes. she doing? Yes. Yeah. And that was like minimum once an hour. I'd be like, be right back. And I still tend to do that. But, but I have been trying to cut back, not because of the research I did for this episode, though, mm-hmm. but because my doctor suggested it. She ah. said that based on my size and activity level and the large quantities of fruits and vegetables I already eat, she suggested that I aim for just six glasses of water a day. And she suggested this mainly for my pelvic floor health, but also for my sleep health and for my overall well-being. She's like, you're just drinking way too much for your size and your lifestyle. Mm. And getting up too much to pee at night, apparently. <laughs> I am. Like, think about how much I would just get up to pee at work. And now, right. like, and now imagine, imagine me- trying to get some sleep <laughs> during that. Yes. That would be difficult. Yes, yes. So, you know, I I trust my physicians. I believe them when they say try this or try that. Right. But there's one more added bonus to cutting back on water as I see it. And that would just be getting out of a habit that was formed for the wrong reasons, you know, formed during my weight-obsessed youth, formed in my diet-obsessed household, formed during my own years of disordered eating. And if I can get out of that habit, I think it would be good for me for those reasons, too, not just because of what my doctor suggested. And this is such a good reminder that everyone's body is different. Your doctor literally told you to drink less water. My doctor has told me to drink more. So it is different for every body. Yes, it is different for every body. And I would be so surprised, Jolenta, if eventually you and I just drink the same amount of water. Yeah. (laughs) But... We want to hear from everybody out there. Listeners, tell us, are you one of those people who, like me and Jolenta, was brought up to drink as much water as humanly possible? Were you given the message you can never drink too much water? Do you carry a water bottle around with you everywhere you go? Share your story with us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com or weigh in on the conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash kristenandjolenta. Coming up, we hear from a letter writer who doesn't want to waste her summer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. We're back with our first letter of the day. What does our letter writer have to say, Jolenta? Let's see. Our letter writer says, hey, y'all, I have a question. I'm a teacher and I'm off for the summer and I really want to intentionally plan to balance productivity and relaxation. One of the things I want to do is watch and rewatch some TV shows and movies. However, I don't want to spend all of my watching time just sitting on the couch. One of my favorite pairings is watching a show and working on a puzzle. Wondering if you have any other ideas of activities I can pair with TV watching to make that time feel more meaningful and productive. Hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for your service as a teacher who I'm yes. sure is not being paid nearly enough for all of the work you do. You have absolutely earned this summer off to do whatever the heck you feel Hells, like. Yes. We know that during the school year, you're probably putting in a good 60 plus hours a week. So we do hope that you genuinely give yourself some time to recharge and feel great Relax. during these few months. Yes, all of those things. And Jolenta and I, we are big lovers of TV, of movies. So I think you came to the right place. Right. And Jolenta, I know for a fact that you and Brad do sometimes pair some activities with your TV watching. So totally. I, I consider you two pros in this department. Right, right. Okay, so puzzles. Always a great start. You're already there. Another step up, easy card game, easy game if you want to involve someone else. Brad and I love playing gin. I love it more than him to the point where he'll be like, can we please stop? I want to just watch TV. <laughs> but that's always a fun one. Solitaire is always an option. If you just want to sort of get your brain going, uh, Sudoku, crossword puzzles, you can kind of do that while you watch TV. And it keeps your brain like a little sharper than if it were just zoning in on the TV. Also, I love doing a craft. And sometimes those crafts can be functional. Like the other day I was watching TV and refinishing our bathroom counter. You know, you can get as productive or as, as unproductive craft-wise as you want while you watch TV. You could just be doodling. You could be drawing in an adult coloring book. You could be crocheting or doing some sort of needlepoint or collage or decoupage. Oh, there are so many things you can do with the TV on. <laughs> oh, also, you could reupholster something. That's a craft I've been I've been trying to tackle with the TV on. And again, you can be as involved or not involved in the side activity as you want because like you do deserve some break and some like just full on like zoning out rest time, but lots of games and crafts and and like little house projects get done while I watch the TV. Those are all great, Jolenta. Also, laundry. You can always be folding laundry and watching TV. That's like the lowest effort way I feel like actually productive, like a productive contributing member of my household while watching TV is being like, I'll fold the laundry and take a really long time while I watch three hours of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> well, Jolenta, I think those are all great ideas. 
I second what you're saying about laundry. I think laundry is a great time where, you know, I'm just going to be sitting here with these clothes anyway. I don't want to fold them, but maybe I won't really notice I'm folding if it's stretched out over the course of one to three hours binging a TV show or watching a movie. So Mm. I totally second your suggestion about laundry. Something that I sometimes do is my PT, my physical therapy. I watch TV. So I don't know if our letter writer has any physical therapy that they need to do or that they want to do. Or a workout. Yeah, or a workout. For me, it can be as simple as some stretching or some kegels, always good if you have a pelvic floor, regardless of what your gender identity is. Taking care of that pelvic floor while you watch TV, according to my physical therapist, it's useful to, you know, just clench for 10 seconds, let it go. Clench for 10 seconds, let it go. And do that maybe for the first five minutes of an episode and then maybe during a commercial break or whatnot. That's another idea. But I also want to say something that I know you didn't ask for, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's okay not to do anything while you watch TV. You can actually just sit there and take it in, relax. Maybe you can learn from what you're watching on TV. And when I say learn, I don't just mean you're watching a documentary about the building of the pyramids. Maybe you're learning about somebody else's perspective, somebody in a different age group, somebody with a different cultural background, just somebody with a different perspective. And that can be in fiction, reality, narrative. It can be in any kind of TV or movie you're watching. Maybe just intentionally watching and thinking, maybe I'm going to learn something from this thing I'm watching. Or maybe I'm going to develop some empathy for somebody I never really thought about before. That in and of itself, I think, is fine. Escaping is fine. If you say, I just want to watch some shows that take place in other countries and learn about those places and or just see how beautiful those places are. You know, oh, wow, let's look at Petra in this. Or let's look at the Caribbean. You know, I I think that that's totally fine, too. That intentionality might make you feel like you're being more productive by just having a plan of what you're going to watch. Or after watching that TV show that is pure escapism or where you learn a little something or where you have fun, maybe another way to make you feel as if you're being more productive is then to afterward engage in some sort of feedback recap world. You can hop on to recaps that are on Reddit, for example, and be in conversation with other people. And that way you can feel like I'm doing something productive. I'm being part of a community. We're translating different things we saw to each other. And it's not just me alone in front of the TV. That might make you feel a little bit more productive too. But again, I want to encourage you to consider that maybe you don't have to be productive at all. Maybe just watching a show or watching a movie, maybe that in and of itself is its own good. And maybe that's fine. I love that. Yeah. Don't be too hard on yourself. Relax. Please don't. Please don't be hard on yourself. You work hard enough. (laughs) Absolutely. Teachers, you're all heroes. Absolutely. Let's all take a moment to thank a teacher while we take a quick break. But before we do, we'd be so grateful if you took a moment to rate and review us in your pod player, whatever your pod player is. Give us five stars. Maybe tell us a topic you want us to cover. Maybe talk about how much you enjoyed a topic we've covered already. Coming up, a letter writer whose expectations aren't being met. Stay with us. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we are back with our second letter of the day. Kristen, would you read this one? Yes, our second letter writer says, Dear Kristen and Jolenta, my husband and I have been married for 28 years and have a soon-to-be 19-year-old son. Things are mostly fine with our marriage, but there's one pretty major sticking point, how my husband handles my birthday and Mother's Day each year. My birthday's in mid-May, so it's close to and sometimes even on Mother's Day. Let's just say he drops the ball every single year. This year was particularly awful, like ending with me in tears and screaming awful. They put in minimal effort for my birthday with grocery store cards and plants. And a few days later on Mother's Day, we ended up at a new restaurant that wasn't to our taste. And my son complained so loudly the whole small restaurant could hear. I spent the ride home in tears, which resulted in my husband snapping at me. He knows this is a tough time of year for me anyway, since my mom passed in 2018. It's definitely not about gifts. It's more about my family taking the time to acknowledge the day and do something special. One year for Mother's Day, for example, they made brunch with waffles, which was great. It made the day feel special, which is what I'm looking for. I gave them a lot of praise in hopes that positive reinforcement would encourage better behavior the next year, but it did not. I feel like I need to make some kind of change in my expectations. I also worry about the example that my husband is setting for our son, although at this point, perhaps that ship has sailed. Any advice would be appreciated. Oh, letter writer. First of all, happy birthday and happy Mother's Day. Yes, absolutely. From all of us on the team. Yes. Happy birthday and happy Mother's Day. Sending you lots of love. I grew up in a household like this where my father wasn't the best at doing birthdays or Mother's Days. And I don't think you need to change your expectations. Not yet. Because the feeling I'm getting from this letter is that you are perhaps less confrontational than myself. And <laughs> you you mentioned dropping hints and sort of like positive reinforcement after the fact. But I do want to know if you have, I wish I had you on the phone or something, if you have straight out told your spouse like, look, this has to get better. This is meaningful for me. And I need you to step it up because it, it feels like you don't love me or care about me on these days. And I don't want to feel that way. And you can mention he's setting a bad example for your son, because even if the kid is an adult, it shouldn't have to be their job to like force one parent to like pamper the other. They definitely should learn that it can be done as a gift, but you can't put it on them. So it's definitely on your spouse. And I don't think you're asking for the moon. I just think it seems like hopefully he doesn't understand how important this really is to you. Yeah. I second what you're saying, Jolenta. If we want something, sometimes we have to just come right out and ask for it and or demand it. And in this case, I might even go so far as to sit down with my spouse and or my kid and say, from now on, we're doing a Google Calendar alert on May 1st every year. And this calendar alert is 
come up with a plan for birthday and Mother's Day. It's a reminder that you have two weeks to get your shit together. Yes. And in that shared calendar invite, it can be all three of you if you want. You can throughout the year maybe include some links to some gifts you might want. Like, oh, I would like this flower arrangement or I would like this lotion or I would like dinner at this new restaurant in town, you know? It may be a way that is more cooperative and, frankly, just more straightforward. I personally don't think that makes it less meaningful or less romantic to have to remind people. Sometimes we just have to remind people. But if that's what it takes for Mother's Day and your birthday to be acknowledged in a more meaningful way for you, do it. Yeah. I mean, don't expect them to remember every year. They've proven over 28 years they're not going to. Yeah. It sucks. But it's true. Or it might be a day that every year you get together with other friends who have lost their moms, whose moms Mm. are dead, and who feel that it's a painful time of year. And it's an adult orphans get together every year. Maybe that is going to fill that hole in your heart more than even your husband and child remembering Mother's Day, getting together with other people who know how you feel. So, you know, that's kind of a two-pronged approach. Mm -hmm. Be very concrete. Use those Google Calendar invites for the holidays, for your husband and child. And then on the flip side, also make sure you have a backup plan that fills your heart that you know is guaranteed that they can't screw up because it's all on you to make that happen. Right. And letter writer, I do have to say it sucks and isn't fair that you continually have to remind your partner of something that's important to you. Like you shouldn't have to. And you'd like to think they could get their shit together and do it. But like sometimes it just doesn't freaking stick, even when they do care. I know from my experience, my husband, Brad, was raised to be a very good thank you note writer. Very prompt. Like on Christmas, I look over and he's already got a list going on his phone of like who's given who what. And like, I just wasn't raised that way and I really suck at writing thank yous. Like I can email a thank you, but if you want me to physically mail a thank you, it will take me a year. And (laughs) Brad used to kind of hope that I would catch on after he would buy thank you cards for one thing. He would hope maybe I would do it the next time or like take over. And he would sort of try and remind me after the fact and I'd apologize and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I should have done thank you cards for that. Like, whoops. But like he kind of had to come to terms with the fact that I know it matters, but I also need to be reminded almost every time he wants me to do it. And it sucks. And it's like not fair to him. And one last thing, letter writer, if you do feel like deep down this sort of lack of acknowledgement or lack of ability to like remember what matters to you is sort of getting at like a deeper issue in the marriage. Like I'm a big fan of couples counseling. Some insurances even cover it now. And it really helps with communication issues with attachment styles, like you start to understand why your partner does what they do and why they get mad at you or why they ignore certain things. Um, It can really help if you feel like this Mother's Day birthday thing is sort of indicative of a a larger issue. I think that's great advice, Jolenta. Counseling, never a bad thing. I mean, some counselors just aren't a good fit. Right. Some suck. You're always going to get duds. Same with any doctor. But yeah, but just the idea of counseling, I'm always in favor of. And 
And that is it for this episode of How to Be Fine. Huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher, our executive producer, Nora Ritchie, our producer, Chantel Holder, and our composer and engineer, Casey Holford. Reminder, you can always weigh in on the conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash Kristen and Jolenta. You can also write to us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can use that email address to comment on an episode or to ask for advice. And you can find us at Twitter, How to Be Fine Pod. Check us out. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See you next week. Until then, stay fine. Stitcher. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.